Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Thousand men over there 
on the grounds of the facility. Well, in Missouri, they are transitioning to a four-day school schedule to handle the teacher shortage there. Yes, and uh, parents are concerned about the child care because they are a Tuesday through Friday schedule. So those who have to go to work on Monday have, you know, they have a $30 daycare program. So, you know, we don't know if those parents can handle that $30 a day because even $30 for one day can be a lot. You never know what's going on in a, you know, in a parent's pocket. Well, oh, that's not the only shortage. You've got a school bus driver shortage that is going on in Kentucky. And, oh, the children were dropped off as late as 10 o'clock p.m. on the first day of school. Yes. And yesterday, you know, we talked about, you know, what would happen if your child was dropped off at 10 o'clock at night. And all of the different issues that surround, you know, this 10 o'clock p.m. drop-off. So, you know, Florida and Kansas are also adapting to some delays in uh who opening because of this school bus driver shortage. Well, the wow story of the week was a prison guard who guard who was seven months pregnant and she was feeling some kind of pain and she did request from her supervisor to leave if she can go in and get this pain checked out. And the supervisor, you know, said to her, no, you know, that he thought that he was just lying. Yes, if he's making up this story and was told to stay put, well, two and a half hours later, she was given the green light to go ahead and she drove us up to a hospital. And unfortunately, when she got to the hospital, the baby did not have a heartbeat. And subsequently, the baby was stillborn. And they told her at the hospital that had she arrived just maybe a couple of hours earlier, maybe they could have done something to save the baby. So now she is suing, needless to say. But, you know, there was a big question on the table yesterday from the lady in the detox school. You know, would you really wait for the green light to go to a hospital when you're seven months pregnant? You know, I know I wouldn't if I felt any kind of distress. And at this point, she's seven months pregnant. So, you know, she's been through this for a little bit. You know, I would not have been asking permission to go anywhere. You would have gotten a call that I'm leaving. 
and pretty much that was the general consensus of the ladies, you know, as they were commenting on this situation. Nobody would have really sat around and waited, you know, to get permission to go, especially from someone who choose you of life. And at this point, you pretty much know what, you know, you were experiencing and, and if this was real or not to you. I don't know. You know I, I don't know if, you know, if many people would have been in this lawsuit uh, situation. Because, you know, money now is not really the big issue. You know, you have all the money in the world. That does not change the fact that, you know, a life of loss due to just reckless thinking and reckless handling of power. And, and that's pretty, what, pretty much what this is. This is an abuse of power. That's an abuse of power. So that's how we spent our Wednesday. Oh, wow. Well, today, today is Therapeutic Thursday, the day we talk about our health, whether it be our physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, financial health, whatever health we want to talk about today, we are actually talking about it. So, we're on this side of the fence. Yeah, coming on down. People were coming on down. So, we're about to get this day started. And I'm going to send you to go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that if you found it, Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. Our practice is located in the heart of downtown Grand Rapids, where we have had a presence here for over 90 years. Our highly skilled and experienced staff will take all the time you need to select the perfect pair of glasses from our unique selection of over 1,000 frames. We have an extensive inventory of all types of contact lenses, including bifocal and designs for astigmatism. Doctors Fonger, Gordon, and myself are all able to utilize the latest technology in order to provide thorough, complete examinations to your entire family, including infants as young as six months old. We know everyone has busy schedules, so we offer evening and weekend appointments. We provide free parking in nearby Ellis lots, and there's one located right next door. Explore our website or drop by the office we would be honored to become your eye care provider.
Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's the Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Therapeutic Thursday. Today we talk about our health. In any shape, form, or fashion. any shape, form, or fashion. And giving God thanks that we are on this side of the week. He's ushered us into this side of the week so graciously. You know, we are free from any hurt, harm, or danger. We are in our right frame of mind. And, you know, we're here together one more day, one more opportunity to wake up and start flexing. You know, our thoughts, our words, our, you know, all that chatter that we've got. So, I've got some interesting, interesting, article here and it's about our teeth and a dentist says there's one thing that we should never do or we should do when brushing our teeth so uh, a dentist tells us when it comes to our oral hygiene There's one simple thing that we can do to ensure that we are looking after our teeth properly. And it's actually very simple. And it's interesting because there are, I'm sure, some people who do this and some people who don't. Well, the dentist says, wetting your toothbrush before brushing your teeth is essential for several reasons. Well, they say that first, wetting the bristles help to distribute toothpaste more effectively, ensuring better coverage across the tooth surfaces. And this will result in enhanced cleaning efficiency and a more thorough removal of plaque and debris. So the dentist also explains that wetting the toothbrush can also ensure that your teeth and gums have a more gentle experience. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, secondly, wetting the toothbrush softens the bristles, making the brushing experience gentler on the gums and tooth enamel. And it reduces the risk of irritation or damage. Mm. Also, the moisture helps activate the toothpaste ingredients, making them more effective in fighting bacteria and maintaining oral hygiene. And by wetting your toothbrush, you can improve your overall brushing experience and promote better oral health outcomes. And it makes it simple yet valuable that you do so. Okay? Now, there's some dangers, they say, in dry brushing. 
So they say that brushing your teeth with a dry toothbrush can have several negative effects on your oral health and overall dental care routine. Dry bristles can be more abrasive on your tooth enamel, leading to its gradual wear and tear. Hmm. Well, over time, this may cause tooth sensitivity and increase the risk of dental cavities and decay. Dry brushing can also be harsh on your gums, leading to irritation, redness, and inflammation. They say it may cause discomfort and increase the likelihood of a gum recession. Well, wetting the toothbrush helps create a foamy lather with the toothpaste, which enhances its cleaning capabilities. Getting this stuff down, I sure hope so because I, you know, I always tell you, make sure you bring a pen and a piece of paper to, you know, to the phone or your device when you're sitting down to listen to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. So, let me see what else they're saying before we close this chapter. Hmm. Well, the dentist also explains that dry brushing can also be ineffective, an ineffective way to remove plaque. Brushing with a dry toothbrush may result in inadequate removal of plaque and food particles from your teeth and gums. And they're reminding us that plaque is that sticky film of bacteria that forms on your teeth. And using a dry toothbrush may effectively remove plaque, leading to an increased risk of gum disease and dental problems. Okay. Also, all right, before we go, let me also let you know that the dentist warns that inadequate brushing can also lead to bad breath and even tooth discoloration. And dry brushing can wear down the bristles of your toothbrush more quickly, reducing its lifespan and effectiveness. And incomplete plaque removal due to dry brushing can lead to bacteria buildup causing bad breath or halitosis. Without that foamy toothpaste lather, dry brushing might not effectively remove surface stains on your teeth, and that leads to discoloration over time. So, why don't you send me, whether you are dry bristle or wet bristle, I would love to know that. Just hit me up and let me know. Let's see how many people, you know, do the dry brush thing versus how many people do the wet brush thing. Now, I'll let you know which one that, you know, I do. So whether I have to change my habit. All right, we got one wet brushing. All right. I'll let you know whether I have to change my practice or not. I just thought this was really a really beneficial piece of information. Oh, I got two wet. 
too wet. Okay. Come on, come on, come on. I got one other little piece of health news here. Let's see what else we got. <laughs> uh, someone said when they had teeth, they would wet the bristles. <laughs> All right, now I'll wait a couple more minutes and I will give my, you know, my experience. Okay, somebody says that they're a wet brush to here. All right, so so far, we don't have any dry bristles in the house. All right, well, that's interesting. All right, we've got a couple of minutes. Let's see what else we got to talk about while we're waiting. Hmm, you know what? Let's talk about this one. Well, there are three things they say we should never eat first thing in the morning. One, Citrus fruit. Yes. They say avoiding citrus fruit first thing in the morning is crucial for preventing teeth damage due to their high acidity. Citrus fruits like oranges, grapefruits, and lemons contain citric acid that can weaken tooth enamel, making teeth more vulnerable to erosion and decay. So if you have sensitive teeth already, they say this should definitely be of interest. And morning saliva production is lower, reducing the mouth's natural defense against acids and consuming acidic fruit at this time can intensify the damage. So they say it's advisable to choose less acidic breakfast options to safeguard tooth enamel and overall health. Our overall oral health, to be more specific. All right? So citrus fruit should be one of the things that we should never eat first thing in the morning. Well, number two is going to uh, rock a couple of boats. Coffee! They say coffee is a staple for most households at breakfast time, but the doctor is warning against having a hot cup first thing if you want to avoid yellow teeth or having to learn how to whiten teeth at home. They say avoiding coffee first thing in the morning is recommended to prevent teeth damage due to its dual impact of acidity and potential staining. Coffee is acidic in nature and can gradually erode tooth enamel over time, particularly when consumed on an empty stomach when saliva production is lower. Okay? The dentist also adds that additionally, coffee's dark pigment can lead to tooth discoloration, affecting the aesthetic appearance of your teeth. So to protect, protect excuse me, oral health, it's advisable to minimize coffee consumption 
in the morning and consider rinsing your mouth with water after drinking coffee to help mitigate its effect. All right? So that's two things based on the acidity, citrus fruit and coffee. All right? So you shouldn't be drinking these things or eating these things first thing in the morning. And number three, sugary cereals and pastries. Well, all of these three things are staples in the house that people go for in the morning. A hot uh, chocolate <laughs> might be delicious on the go breakfast, but uh, the doctor is saying a no-go. Don't reach for that. Okay. That steering clear of sugary cereals and pastries in the morning is essential to prevent teeth damage, again, due to their high sugar content and potential to promote tooth decay. Sugary cereals and pastries create an environment conducive to harmful bacterial growth in the mouth as they provide a steady source of sugars that bacteria feed on, leading to acid production and enamel erosion. Consuming these foods at the start of the day when saliva flow is reduced during sleep exacerbates the risk of damage. So they're saying opting for lower sugar breakfast alternatives can help safeguard tooth enamel and support better oral health in the long run. All right? So, all the things that you reach for in the morning, citrus fruit, we have coffee, and we have cereal, hot chocolate, those pastries, that donut, those muffins. Yeah. Ripping our teeth apart. And keeping the dentist's pocket fat. Maybe I'll try to get a dentist on. You know, we have our doctor, Pierre Gordon, on monthly. Um, you know, with our OBGYN and our plastic surgery. And we have our girl, our sister, Gertie Gordon, on with the hair. Maybe I'll look for a dentist. Mm, that might be an interesting conversation once a month because people hate the dentist. Well, Pastor Steph is a wet brusher. Yeah, I, I can't stand no hard bristles. Yeah, and I don't know for those who use those hard the hard bristles. Nah, that is not my thing. That definitely messes with my gums and my teeth, as well as um, soft. I don't like soft. It's like it does nothing. So I, too, along with the rest of you, I do the black bristles. So that should help all of us here. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, I think I'm going to look into getting a dentist on um maybe once every couple of months to talk about our teeth. 
And maybe we'll go for the eyes too. Yeah, God's people got to know about this stuff. And when I say God's people, I only mean Christian people. I mean just people, period. You know, when you think about all of these three things we just got finished talking about, that people eat on the normal, people drink on the normal, you know, for those of us who get up and we drink those that hot lemonade or that hot limeade, I remember someone saying that we should rinse our mouths out because of the harshness on our teeth. Yeah, it's harsh, but that citrus now, think about eating, chewing. Yeah, that's not a, something that we can get around. No. All right, so... Look at how God takes care of us. Okay, what are we talking about this morning? Mm. All right, well, this was kind of interesting to me. Well, there's a small city in Minnesota. And they're saying that this city could be left without a police department. I mean at all, as the entire force recently resigned. Yes. Now, this is not the first time we've done a story like this. There was, a, you know, a few months ago where we did a story where the people ended up resigning. Um, and I don't know what ever happened with that. They never did a follow-up. At least I never saw one. Well, out here in Minnesota, they have a small town which they say have over, maybe a little over a thousand people. And they're saying that they had to meet the other day because everybody in the department resigned. Why? Because of salary. Yeah, they said the salary increases um, were a no-go. They had decided that they were not going to increase their income. Now, there's a police chief who also resigned. And, you know, after I started reading this and his comment or comments, I actually thought that maybe this was like a little power trip because they say that he resigned and a full-time officer and five part-time employees also resigned two days after learning that he resigned. And they say that since the resignations had been handed in, that they recommended that they start talking about pay increases and they said that this uh, police chief started talking about how there were zero applicants for the police department and also disclosed that other law enforcement agencies were trying to recruit him and his colleagues. So I don't, you know, at that point, see, now that makes it questionable in my book. 
in my book. I can't speak for you, but, you know, you said that there were zero applicants. So you got a city that a little over a 1,000 people, they have their own police department. And how you know there's zero applicants, if that's real or not? We got to take his word for it. Because who would be getting it? The police chief, right? If there were any applications, he would be getting it. So, I don't know. But they say that they have been paid $22 an hour. And that's it. And he's saying that you're never going to see another person again walk through those doors. That's it unless you do a dramatic change. And other smaller police departments, they are looking to pay $30 an hour. So they're saying that there's zero incentive to come back to this small town police department and, you know, they got to get on the ball with their pay, you know, their pay increases. Now, I can't say that they shouldn't have quit or they should have quit. Because, you know, when it comes to your money, ain't nobody messing with your money. You know, and this is something that just people go through, period. Now, here's my thought. Here's my thought. So you've got a, a city that is self-contained. They're not saying that the salaries are coming from an external source. So if the city is responsible for paying their own salaries, you know, um, the salaries of this police department, because it's a local police department. Remember, it's not an outside uh, police department that's servicing this small town, then how do you know that the people have it? Because if they're self-contained, what kind of city is it? You know, what kind of work do they normally have? What What's their income? You know, like certain, um, certain areas, you know, it's the industrial area and everybody only has like factory jobs or there are a few places where the prisons you know, really is the place of employment for people to make their money in the town. And, you know, yeah, those places really exist. Those places really, really exist. And if, you know, he's talking about other small towns are paying $30, then you do have to consider, this is an HR specialist talking, you know, this is what I did. You know, you do have to consider where the money is coming from and how they're earning their money in the town that's paying them. So if it's a town that is self-contained and they don't have a lot of income, you know, coming in, then they may only, you know, have have that kind of $22 to pay them. Now, is that what you want to hear? No. But... I mean, that might be what you're, what you're talking about here. You know, I worked for a company that 
had about 250 to 300 employees revolving. There were three divisions, 12 locations throughout, you know, the United States. And, you know, some places like New York, our incomes were higher than places like Denver, um, certain areas in Jersey uh, paid higher than other areas in Jersey. We also had, you know, places in Florida, Atlanta. So you really do have to consider that. So, you know, that's why I said. I don't know about this police chief, you know, who was talking about we and, you know, them and us. And, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. So I'll find out from the due time proof whether, you know, they feel that $22 versus 30 I mean, that $8 makes the difference. Listen, let me tell you something. $3 makes the difference. So $8 definitely makes the difference, you know, whether, you know, it's a make it or break it type of thing. But again, that my, my first thought is when I hear, you know, you'll never see another person again walk through those doors that that's just I don't know I don't know y'all I don't know that's just kind of out there. Let's see. Hmm. What are we talking about today? Well, this is something that I'm sure Shanti is going to want to talk about, and maybe the rest of you might find this interesting as well. So they have this woman who went on TikTok who was bragging about her husband and the baby's father who she really was digging up for his creativity and the fact that he was really helping her with the baby. So let me give you a little bit more information. So she's a brand new mom who is breastfeeding. And she came home to find her husband, the baby's father, in his scrubs and a device that they are now selling that you throw over your shoulder. And it has, it's in the shape of a breast. And there's a bottle, a very small bottle, that you can put in the position and hold the baby like the dad would be breastfeeding the baby. And that's what she came home to find. So she got on TikTok and she started telling everybody that he was in his scrub and I just want to make sure. Okay, let me let me just make sure because I want to I thought about something here. She writes teamwork baby and she writes, thank you to my man. 
And it was a video that she posted. And it says, it films her husband with a wearable device that allows him to feed their newborn as if he was breastfeeding, like I said. And he's like, you know, cradling the baby as mom would. And when people saw the video, immediately they went to the fact that he was sitting on the bed in his scrub, and they started criticizing the fact that he was sitting on the bed in his scrub, and you had this mixed, uh, uh, mixed speech um, feedback. So they say while some people praised the father for finding a unique way to help out with the feeding, others could not get over the attire while doing so. They say that some people commented that they were concerned about the spread of germs that could result from the husband wearing the scrub around the infant in the bed. He was sitting on the bed. If somebody wrote, why is he wearing scrub on the bed? I have this weird thing about outside clothes being in the bed. Can't imagine being in bed with scrub. Someone else put, I wear mine to the animal clinic. I don't put them anywhere but the wash. Even clean is just not doable. There was another one who wrote that the father could have been wearing his scrub before work or that he didn't necessarily work in health care because there are other professions that actually utilize gloves. You had um, someone who wrote, this could be before work, and that her man lounges in his bed in his clean scrubs before work all the time. And she says that he could just work the front desk or at a salon because they wear scrubs also at a dentist and sometimes in a salon. And you have others who said that it was just attractive to see the dad with this contraption on aiding the mom at such a sensitive time where he was helping to breastfeed. So that I found very interesting. You know, I got to tell you, you can't rely on people's opinions um, because I tell you, 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 you'd be all over the place. You'd straight be all over the place. You, you know, you got some people who are complaining that, you know, you, the man just doesn't do enough. We all know that this breastfeeding is really sensitive because only mom can facilitate this. So, you know, there's some men who have complained about the bonding process when mom is breastfeeding because he can't, you know, bond with the baby the same way. 
but here they have not one but two contraptions. They also show this other contraption where there's um I guess like prosthetic breath. It's a it's a it's a whole piece a man would put the this prosthesis, maybe I'm saying it wrong, on and one of the breasts has a baby's nipple, I guess a breast. Oh, no, no, I'm saying it right. It's a baby's bottle, the nipple, where the breast nipple would be. And on the other side, because it's like a hard, it's a little hard part that goes over the shoulder and the other part is kind of soft. And on the other side of it is, I guess, a soft bag. So when the baby drinks, it comes from the bag. So, you know, you have men who are willing to actually do this. And you yet you've got those people who you know, are complaining that the man is sitting on the bed spreading the germs because he's got his scrubs on. And now we all understand that there is a concern. And I, I, you know, you see this on TV all the time. Shantisha and I talk about this all the time, how not only do they sit on the bed, with their clothes, they lay on the bed with the clothes on. They sit on the bed with their sneakers and shoes. Oh, I, that would kill us. That would definitely kill us here in this house. But again, you know, what what's the bigger picture here? You know, I tell you, you leave it up to people. I tell you, you'd be all over the place. You'd be all over the place. All right, here, I'm going to share this one before we go in and, and get the due time quote involved. Well, New York City landlords, and I'm not talking about apartment landlords. I'm talking about commercial landlords. They say can now be fined $10,000 per raid for renting space to illegal weed sellers. Who wrong? Now, it doesn't mean it's going to slow anything down because, you know, they get real inventive. They start doing all kinds of things. But, yeah, they're saying here in New York City, those landlords who rent their store space to illegal weed or tobacco sellers are going to be slapped with $10,000 fines under this new law because they have this surge in unlicensed smoke shops. Now, I talked about this a month or so ago. So here's what's happened. I want you to go back to 2021 with me. When they were giving permits to ex, um, uh, people who had gotten tickets for weed smoking, remember that, or their family members, and they were giving them licenses to open up these weed shops. You remember that? Okay. Well, they're saying, are you ready for this? Wait, I got to find this number because I fell out when I saw this. 
they said that they have thousands. They said they have 15, over 1,500 illegal shops that have popped up in New York City alone. And, wait, I got to find this number. Because, I mean, when I tell you it's a few, I mean a few, but I'll find the number. They're saying that these illegal shops sell to kids. And the cannabis that they sell, they have found to be adulterated. And they're saying that, and I told y'all, I told y'all a couple of months ago, when the city finds that they can't get their money, oh, they're, they're not happy. So when they were opening up, you know, or giving these licenses, remember now, these people pay taxes. Yes, there's a city tax revenue that they get. Well, these people who have these illegal shops, they don't pay taxes. So you know they're not too happy with this because they're losing money. So, oh, man, I can't find this number. Oh, here we go. And I'm going to read it verbatim. Mayor Eric Adams has estimated 1,500-plus illegal pot shops have taken root in the Big Apple since the state legalized recreational marijuana use in 2021. Well, needless to say, if he found 1,500, we know there are quite a few more. Currently, are you ready? There are just five legally licensed smoke shops in the city. <laughs> Yo! Are y'all ready for that? They were giving licenses out back in 2021. I remember us talking about it and we were like, are you serious? They're giving licenses to people who have already had run-ins with the law regarding weed. Yeah. So they were giving it to their, to those people and their family members, and we talked about this being such a ridiculous thing. Well, well, when you open up the can of worms, do you open up the can of worms? You are only counting 1,500. Because let me tell you something. All over Queens, they have popped over. All over Jamaica, Queens, they have popped up. So I don't even want to know what they are. And they have little shops. They don't have to be big. No, they little hole in the wall. And they are paying rent. So you can only imagine how many real stores there are out here. Man, five. You gave out licenses and you only got five legal shops. Remember now, they were giving them out in each borough. So that's an average of one 
store per borough that's legal. Boy, oh boy. You know, let me tell you something. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and some of our due timers have said it as well. When you mess with God, you really don't pay the price. You thought you were going to get money by legalizing this marijuana. And it has truly backfired. It has truly backfired. You were given out. I think it was. I I I, I gotta find out, and I'll, I'll have it for tomorrow. God says, how many shops they were going to give? Um, they were going to open up legally. How many permits they were opening up? I don't know if it was two hundred and fifty. I don't know, I, and that, that could be off. I don't know why that number is coming to my mind. But I want to hear what the D-Time crew got to say about this stuff. Yeah, let's say good morning to our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Good a.m. Happy Thursday. How are you today? I am well, girl. I am well. How are you? I am well as well. <laughs> Good, good, and more good. So let's talk. We've got this entire police department in Minnesota that has resigned because they're saying they're only paid 20, the average, because we know the police, uh, the police chief who's kind of doing all the talking here, he's not the one being paid the $20, $22, but the average person is being paid $22, you know, for their small um, city, the city is only about a thousand people. They say a little over a thousand people. They're being paid twenty-two hours, twenty-two dollars an hour on the average, and they're saying that other places are being paid thirty dollars. The police chief says that um, you know he's he 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 has zero applicants. And there's no one, you know, people are seeking him and going after him. And there's nobody who's going to come in there for a job. You're not going to have any applicants walking through the door. What do you think about this account? Do you think that's real? Well, I'm trying to figure out why Barney Fife and Andy Griffin are having so much of a problem. <laughs> You know, yeah. don't nobody want to work at Mayberry no more? <laughs> so, you know, kind of really, really, you know, kind of pompous of you for you to say that nobody wants to work. So you haven't put out any advertisements, you know, just like any, any other state. When they recognize that things are, you know, transitioning, they put something out stating, you know, we're looking for, you know, staff. So you mean to tell me nobody has applied Maybe they're not aware that that's happening, you know, and so, or you took the application, oh, that's the application, throw it in the trash. Oh, you know, that's something else that came on the internet, throw it in the trash. What do you know? If everything is feeding through you and you're the one on top, you know, you get to say what happens here or there, you know, and the way that I'm seeing it, you felt like, okay, well, now that I'm done and all my staff is gone, then we're just going to make it so that. 
um, nothing happens unless I say so. You know, and I, I, I know that mentality. My mother's hometown is a very small town, and it literally is that way. You know, as soon as the town gets ready to progress, those that are in power will try and pull a string so that it'll stay the same small Mayberry and that it'll never get any larger. You know, you get a new Walmart, let's just say, because every, every town has a Walmart. You get a new Walmart and everybody's going to the Walmart. You shut it down because, you know, things are progressing. You know, and so I feel like that's that type of mentality. If I don't do it, then nothing happens. Yeah, that's what I kind of got. I kind of got you're the one sitting at the top. You know, you've got 1,000 people to service. And, you know, in order for you to seem like you're the man and y'all are in demand, you're, you know, you're going to be trashed. I, I honestly thought the same thing. I'm like, yeah, you're throwing stuff in the garbage. You're throwing stuff in the garbage. Or oh, who's going to really know whether applications are coming through there or not? You're a punk. And I, don't, I don't trust you. I don't trust you at all. There's another thought that comes to my mind, and I'm not going to say anything until you know, all of you have spoken, but I, I want to know um, if the same thing comes to any of your minds. All right, let's see. All right, so really quickly. So you've got this, this mom who goes on, you know, TikTok, and she's bragging about her husband, the baby daddy, who's, you know, teamwork, baby. You know, thank you to my man who is now sitting on the bed when she comes home, breastfeeding, if you will, the baby. And he's sitting in the scrubs on the bed in a, in a wonderful position uh, breastfeeding the baby. You know, he's got this prosthetic piece on, and he's helping mom. And, you know, you've got this mixed response, well, you know, oh, this is a great movement, or you've got, hey, um, <laughs> you've got, hey, he's sitting on the bed with his scrubs on. That's nasty, unclean. What are we doing here? Wh- which way do you go on it? You know, I, I sometimes I I try my best not to even bother reading comments because I find that somebody's going to say something contrary. Um, When you think about it also, we do understand that we're talking about a newborn and that there are dangers and concerns that transpire. But you don't know the dynamics of that household. You know, is that a scrub that, you know, I I remember um, getting a scrub that I used to sleep in and I only used it for sleeping, you know. And so it it was given to me by someone who worked at the hospital um, I guess, I don't know, maybe they were giving away or throwing away, you know, old stuff. It had never been used. And then I started using it as something to sleep in. You know, you don't know the dynamics. You automatically, you know, attacked him for something, you know, that you don't know anything about. That's number one. Number two, when we're talking about a newborn, every um, h- household has a different thing, you know, and, and which is why, you know, you need to keep the child, the, the infant home for a while because the, the infant gets used to 
all of the things that happened in transpired in that household as opposed to taking a baby here and there and being exposed to all of these other things. Understand that in that household, whatever's going on in that household, that baby will be, you know, affected, you know, good, bad or indifferent. But that child adapts to that, you know. And so when you're attacking, you know, a tired, like, you know, of all things to verbalize about, find something else to do, you know, get a hobby. <laughs> All right, get a hobby, Tamika says. Well, last and definitely not least, before we get into our, our main conversation here. Ah, so you were a part of the conversation back in 2021 when they were legalizing weed here in New York City, and they were giving all of these permits to these individuals who had had criminal uh, experience with weed, and they said that they were going to, you know, open up all these smoke shops legally in New York City in the five boroughs. Now you've got 1,500 plus weed spots that are illegal. They're cracking down on the landlords. So when they do the raid, they're saying that we're going to tell the landlords, hey, this spot here is illegal, and when they and they're going to charge them five thousand dollars, and I guess because they're supposed to check to find out if this you know if this spot has you know a legal license or a license to you know open up a store. So that's the landlord's responsibility. They're saying, and if they come back around and that store is still there, then they're giving them a ten thousand dollar Fine. Now, they're saying out of all of the spots that are open, 1,500 plus are legal and only five are, I'm sorry, 1,500 are illegal and only five. One, two, three, four, five are legal. What's your thought? Oh, boy. You know, um, I'm I, just looking at the whole five out of like when I tell you Brooklyn <laughs> all over Brooklyn that, like every little yeah. hole that you could possibly think of that was either closed or you know boarded up when I look at just the general block that I look in and I you know I walk wait a minute when did that become a weed store I just walked back three days yeah. ago and now it's, yeah. it's a weed spot you know or they have the, um, I'm sorry, I don't do this life, so I don't know. I guess it's hookah, and then they have all these other apparatuses for you to be able, you know, it's a smoke shop. So it's all those other apparatuses, the bong and all the other things that people use to, you know, and, and I mean, like, it's, it, it, they seem like they never, it's never a lot of people there, you know, getting it. It always seems like some little empty spot where you may have one person in there at all at any given time, you know, and they pop up like overnight. You walk down that street and you, today and by Wednesday of next week, it's already a new weed spot, you know, and you're saying to me that only five are legal, you know, and so it makes, it makes me scratch my head because... I guess you thought that by, you know, you thought maybe in some sense you were rehabilitating those who have been incarcerated to do that, you know, and that was some kind of makeshift way of cleansing yourself or um, incarcerating them. And now, 
you know, so my thing is it was shrouded in illegal activity. So why would you think that it would be any different? You know, I'm not quite sure, you know, and now, you know, those who are selling their property, you know, have now have to do extra, extra work because there's no way. I, I, I don't think that you could legitimately find out that that's what that's going to be. You know, we do have zoning laws, but if I sell the property, you know, it kind of hurts me if now I find out that the spot that I sold to you um, is now going to be a weed spot and now I'm going to be charged, you know, because you think, okay, at this point I'm released of the responsibility. But now you have to do extra, extra work to ensure that whatever property you sell won't now become a weed spot. Oh, yeah, they do. They do. You actually, there are laws. You can't put a church, too many churches in one block. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. We see every other door in New York City is a church. So technically, they're, they're, at one point, they tried to pass that law. But certain um, uh, establishments, cannot be put within a certain parameter uh, perimeter of, of one another. So you as a landlord actually are held responsible for who you rent to. You have to find the zoning laws, believe it or not. So they are saying that when these people open up, you need to show that they have, they're making them liable. I love it. I love it. I'm sorry. I personally love it. Yes, make them liable because you know what? Where else are you going to get these people um, and these laws um, passed? How are you going to get these laws passed? You're going to have to make somebody responsible. So actually, yes, there are certain um, zoning laws that you as a landlord, a property owner, a commercial property owner have to know where, you know, hey, if they're opening up this 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 spot, they have to have a permit. So in other words, you can't open up a pharmacy if you don't have the legal permit to do so. And they are holding the landlord responsible for knowing it. So I say, listen, kill them. Listen, New York ain't good. They ain't giving away nothing. And listen, Tamika, all that money they not giving away, girl, they are mad. Think about it. 1500 
for, I guess, you know, acquiring all of the applications and stuff. And he said, there's nobody applying. There ain't no applicants. Um, nobody's walking through these doors. We are officially shut down, and, and you will not get another police department up in here. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's kind of bogus. You know, with, with, with a thousand people in one town, there can't be that many jobs available because the, the town's too small. So, so you know, people are scratching and, and, and they want a job. So I think people are, are, are definitely applying, you know, but, but some, of, some of the resumes perhaps are bathroom reading. You know, we go to the bathroom with these papers and we put them in, 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 in the garbage, you know. And, and for, for the 22 to the $30 hour, I would say, listen, yeah, that may be unfair, but how much crime do you have with a 1,000 people? So how much work are you okay, doing? that was the question. The $22 an hour you should be <laughs> Absolutely. You asked the magic question. Remember I said a little while ago to Tamika, I said, there's a question that's on the floor. I want you to see if one of you asked that. That's my question. How much crime do you have in a place that has a 1,000 people Right, right, I right. Agree. I agree. If you got $15 an hour, you would make it too much. What'd you say? I said if you got $15 an hour, you would make it too much. Oh, hey, you know what? The more, you know, everybody's looking across the fence at what others are getting. And you know what? Like you said, is it really realistic to expect to get more than $22 an hour? Ah, let's see what your, what your fellow newcomers are saying. All right, let's talk about this New York City landlord who is now responsible for making sure that these these are weed spots have the proper permit. And they're going to be hit five and ten thousand dollars in fines if they are found to, you know, have their uh, leasehold up without a without a um without a, 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 a proper permit. What do you think about that? Well, I, okay. So everyone knows that that Pastor KL works retail. So I am one of the people that when we have a new store are responsible to go before City Hall to get a license um, for selling alcohol, because we sell alcohol. Now, what, what people don't realize is that, you know, you can't be within a certain amount, amount of miles from a church or from a school to sell alcohol. So as you said earlier, you should know the, the, the parameter and the laws of your land. You know, fortunately, unfortunately, uh, weed is not legal in Alabama. So... But, but it seems to me that you have taken the drug dealer in New York and given him a profession by legalizing this thing. So it's almost like I'm preaching on the street, and now all of a sudden someone gave me a building, and now I'm a pastor, but I don't have no license. So I'm selling drugs on the street, and now you've given me a building because you've legalized this stuff. Yep. Nice analogy. Nice analogy, nice analogy. Yeah, yeah, they're out of control. They are out of control. 
All right, Pastor KL, thank you so much for joining us. I'll be back to talk to you in a couple of shakes. Oh, all right now. All right, let's talk to Brother Al and see what he's got to say this morning. Good morning, Brother Al. Good morning, chop, chop, and another chop of the morning. How you doing, Pastor? Step in the building. <laughs> I'm doing well, Brother Al. I'm doing well. I got a question for you. What's going on in this 1,000-plus people town in Minnesota? Do you think that this is some bogus stuff that this police chief is talking and that there are really no applicants, or it could really be a case where there are no applicants, and they're looking for a $8 bump in their income. What do you think? I, I think it may be kind of bogus. You got, like you said, you got a thousand people there. How much crime can, you know, be possibly going on? I, it could be, but you got a thousand people there, so you want a bump in your pay for what? So you, what you want to make, you want to put some rims on the police car so you can ride around with your wheels spinning. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, y'all got a thousand people. I never even heard of a town with just that less amount of people. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, out in, uh, in Minnesota, there's not a whole lot of activity going on where there's a thousand people in your town. And being that we're from New York, you know, this stuff is really unheard of here. So, you know, that is pretty much the the general consensus going on here. Now, what about this weed um, uh, industry where there's 1,500-plus um, shops and they're now going to start finding the landlord. Do you think that's overkill, or should they just be looking to, um, you know, find the person who's opened up the shop? Um, it should be both, you know, because as a landlord and being a landlord myself, you have to know what's going on on your property because it's still yours, you know. And that's why I want to uh, bring clear as I heard uh, Lady Tamika talking. It's not selling your house, it's being the landlord. Because if I sell my house, you come and I'm, I got my house to sell and you buy it, then that's on you. But if I'm the landlord, I'm still the owner. And I rent it out to you and you got some craziness going on, yes, I should be held accountable for that as well. All right, all right, all right. Okay, Brother Al. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'll be back to chat with you in a minute. And uh, let's see see what Shantice has to say. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you doing over there? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? That's that's good. I'm all right, thanks. I'm all right. So I've got three questions to ask you. Um, I'm only asking the ladies the second question. But what about this 1,000, you know, person uh, little town here, you know, are they a bit extreme, you know, with they're no applicants, um, nobody's walking through the doors over here, he's being sought after, you know, as a police chief, 
you know, to uh, be hired. And, you know, they want that bump. They want that $8 bump, you know, because other people are being paid $30 an hour. Should they be looking for the same thing? Well, for you to, you know, see that there's an increase and you're like, hey, you know, can we get one? That's not where the question mark comes. The question mark comes in now. <laughs> your response because you didn't get it. It's like so now everybody just walks off. So now you go from making whatever to making nothing because you didn't get an extra eight dollars. Like that made sense, okay? But if you're hearing that, you know, hey, we're noticing that these people are getting this and these people are getting that, you know, can we get this? For me, that's it was just like, oh, okay, well, y'all tried it. But for now, everybody could just walk off, and that, that was just like, so are, are y'all really doing, you know, that much that now you walking off is justified because you didn't get this increase? Good point. Good point was actually my thought, which I'll save. I'll try to save in my wrap-up. That was my point. Um, yeah. You know, this, this is a, these are the things that people are doing. So, you know, you got to really wonder where your heart is. All right, you have this this uh, this this mom who comes home. Teamwork, baby. You know, thank you to my man who she comes home to find. You know, he's on the bed in his scrubs. He is now, thanks to this prosthesis, is breastfeeding the baby. So, you know, he's pitching in, and, you know, she posts this on TikTok, this video. She's really happy, you know, happy to be able to say that her man is doing something constructive and helpful. Is this uh, something that people should meet with praise, or she should have met praise, or the issue that, you know, what he's sitting on the bed in his scrubs, the bed, you know, he's on the bed, the scrubs ain't clean, you know, the baby should be in a clean environment, blah, 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 blah. As the germaphobe you are, what what should have been the first focus, you think? Well, that would have been my first focus. Anyway, are those clothes on the bed? Oh. Okay, they do that. That that's the, that would have been my, my first focus. And, of course, naturally, okay, so you get finished feeding the baby and you may birth the baby and then lay the baby down on that same bed where you were just sitting with your outside clothes. That's not clean for the baby. It's not clean for you, but that's not clean for the baby. And another thing, do they say that the man was breastfeeding? So there's a prosthesis that they have for the men to assist the moms in the breastfeeding, um, uh, you know, practice because men have complained that they won't want to bond with the woman, with the baby too. So they've made a couple of different devices where they fill the bottle or the bag with milk breast milk and the you put this on and it, it sits like breast 
and the man can actually breastfeed the baby, you know, the same way the mom can. Of course, he doesn't get the actual sensation, but, you know, now the baby gets, you know, uh, bonding um, uh, ability with both parents. So I, I personally think it's it's great, 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 great. So, uh, so that's to answer your question with the 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 breastfeeding thing. All right, really quickly, you know how it is out here in these streets and how many pop up shops <laughs> they have for the uh, weed and smoke shops. Do you think the landlord should be held responsible? Or should it just be the rentor? No, the landlord should definitely be held responsible because this is your property. You know, you are supposed to set the tone for who is now coming to do what on your property. You're not selling the land and now you get to walk off and you're not responsible for this location anymore. And then I heard something about the smoke shop or something isn't allowed. Well, where are the cops at? Because on on the street that we're on, you got a church on the corner and then the smoke shop on the other corner. So what what's supposed to be the, the proximity in how far these weed spots are supposed to be from churches and schools and because around here you got just as many smoke shops as churches. Every other door is a church, and every other other door is a small shop. So I don't. Well, everybody's just doing what they want to do. It is it's like everybody's just doing what, what they what they want to do. There, there's no like okay. Well, we noticed that there's a church here, but then five blocks up there's a small shop, but then another eight blocks up there's another church. No, they're just getting where they can fit in. That that that's what's going on right now. So. It definitely needs to be the landlord's obligation because they're coming to you. They can't be here if you don't allow them to be here. All right. All righty. Okie dokie. Thank you so much for joining us today. I actually have an article that I thought was really interesting, and I wanted to throw your way, ladies and gentlemen. And the article is talking about skills that people feel they have wasted their time learning. And I know this is a big issue with going to college versus going to trade school, um, you know, what's available, you know, um, out here and what's not available. So I wanted to throw some 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 uh, thoughts, you know, in this article your way and see what you all had to say about that. So they have one person that says, I know all the tricks to make a website look as good as an Internet Explorer 6 as in Chrome, Safari, or Opera. All right, another person says, I got a BS in biochemistry, then I drove a forklift for 14 years, and now I am an electrician. Oh, what else are we saying? All right, they say that 
I spent half my army army career in various schools learning to repair nuclear missiles. Now I'm doing desktop support and teaching the new guys how to install printers remotely. Uh, Piano lessons paid for by my Asian parents. Didn't make them happy. Didn't make myself happy. Never got any good at it and gained no useful skills whatsoever for the several hundred hours per year for multiple years I spent practicing. I took two years of French instead of Spanish in high school. I live in Texas. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I am a semi-professional game developer. I managed to accidentally wipe the drive that held all my work. There was 10 years worth of meshes, materials, and code. It's been 10 days, and I've just been in a sort of state of shock, having tried and failed to recover the lost files. All right. Another person. I have a bachelor's degree in astronaut in astronomy, in astronomy, I'm sorry, in astronomy from one of the world's best universities. I now work as a software engineer. Oh, I was a Jehovah's Witness for 30 years, averaging 15 hours a month, knocking on doors and preaching about an Armageddon that will never come. I've been free for 23 years now. (laughs) Hmm. Somebody says, when I was 20, I got a job at an up-and-coming tech company. Six months later, they went IPO in a big way, and I was worth $2 million on paper. Six months later, the market crashed and the stock tanked before I was legally allowed to touch the shares. And somebody else says, I've mastered this and it has not paid off my marriage. Oh, okie dokie now. So, my girl Tamika, what are we talking about here? You know, how much time we've invested in learning a craft or getting a degree, and now you do nothing with it. What say you? I think that is on the perspective of the person, you know, um, for some people, they, you know, take a training and they follow suit. Then you also have individuals who, uh, start off, let's just say in engineering and then they change their mind and it's something else that they, uh, end up, um, graduating from and then don't follow through, you know, it, it does happen, you know, and, you know, that unfortunately is part of what life, you know, is. You know, if you if you follow suit, then then great. But if you don't follow suit, um, I I would say don't um, be angry by what it was that you learned. You did have an opportunity to learn. You know, just you know, move on. You know, I, I, we're thinking about this this thing with 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 the individual who took all the years of French and now live in Texas. You know, where the majority of people don't speak French. You know, I could see that, you know, being a little bit, but you never know when you'll come in contact with someone who does speak French and you may be able to be the one person that can assist in an area like that. 
you know, um, I would say don't be bitter with your education. Um, just continue to move on. And, you know, you never know. You may have an opportunity to continue to advance in, a, in, in another area of growth. So there's, so is it safe to say with, with what you're saying that there's nothing that you personally feel that you've taken the time to learn, but now you find that, yeah, it's been useless? Oh, no, I can, I can definitely say that there are some things that, you know, like when I think about, you know, years in, in, in school and social studies, you know, like when we had social studies, you know, as an adult, I think to myself, I'm like, why did we even have that as a course? It just didn't make sense. We're not talking about history. We're literally just talking about social studies. You know, we clip articles from current events, and I'm like, okay, but I watch the news, but, you know, again, you know, just living life. You know, did I really need that course? Probably not, you know, but it was, it, it, it kind of came with the curriculum. So it was, a cl- it was a course that I had to take. You know, then there are other things like my Spanish. I took Spanish in school. Um, and it's beneficial. It's not something that I use every day. However, there are incident, in, incidences and situations where it is necessary that I utilize it. All right, all right, all right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let's see what Pastor Kale. For some reason, I don't feel like Pastor Kale is going to give an answer to Tamika. Pastor Kale, we're talking about, yes. you know, people who <laughs> have felt that, hey, you know, I've, I've, I've taken all this time either studying this craft or studying this area um, invested money maybe in school, and that just turned out to be a big, fat race. Do you have a personal uh, story or feeling? Yeah, I got a feeling. For those of you who know, I went to Music and Arts High School for the performing arts. Then I left there and went to uh, Berkeley School of Music in California. So, 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 it's obvious that I'm doing music. It's obvious that I'm singing. It's obvious that I'm acting. Tell me why I need calculus, why I need trigonometry. What do I need science for? And, and then when, when, when you fail or get a D in it, they mad. I'm never going to sing in the key of D. Never <laughs> going to sing in that key. You know, so I, I don't understand some of these classes we have to take during the year. That when listen, let me know that two plus two is four, or let me know multiplication, let me know division. This way I can count my money. I can even do fractions. Give me half, you know. But everything else, I don't need that stuff. I'm sorry, I don't need it. It's the time. You sound like some of the people we just got finished reading about. Oh, my, 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 my. Oh, Brother Al, Brother Al, what say you in this area of listening? I'm above this particular age. I took all this time spending, you know, there was a way. Do you have that testimony to say? Well, you know, um, I'm like Pastor KL. I think what will make people more into 
they craft is like if you're majoring in a certain thing, that's shit what you should be studying. Okay, yeah, I think you do need the English and the math. We do need that, you know. But all those other other classes, you're sitting there saying, why that take that class? Because you got some people that, um, from my experience, I've seen people forced to do something. Like I actually had a, a young lady that was here in my school, and when we had career day, she came dressed as a nurse. So I was like, oh, you want, you want to be a nurse? That's cool. She was like, absolutely not. I said, so why are you dressed like a nurse? She was like, well, my mother's a nurse. Her mother, mother was a nurse, and her mother, mother was a nurse. And they said, I have to keep it going, but I don't want to be a nurse. So now you got this young lady who don't want to do this. It's going, they're going to waste all this money, and she don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, when I went to school, I went on a basketball scholarship. I went to play ball. I didn't care about nothing else. It was actually what I wanted to major, and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> no, I came here to play ball. So <laughs> I, I did. So I was picking stuff. And then when I saw a friend of mine doing calculus, I was like, what in the heck are you doing? He said, it's called calculus. So when I looked on the list to pick a major, I picked whatever didn't have to deal with calculus. And I picked a business administration. I didn't know, I didn't have no plans to do business administration. I just picked it because I need to pick something to play basketball. So that's, that's you know, uh, if you're not into whatever you're doing heavy, it's going to be a situation. I had a friend, he, he majored in psychology, and he was trying to get a job, and now he really liked it. But places were telling him, well, you don't have experience, enough experience. And then he was on the waiting list for this. And he's like, well, how am I getting experience if you guys don't hire me? And he wound up filling out for sanitation and got a job in sanitation, making good money, and he never used the psychology. So a lot of times it do become a waste of time. You went and you, and not only just waste of time with that, then all the loans you got to pay back. We forget about that money you got to pay back. <laughs> so now you're paying for yeah. something that you ain't even using. Wow. Did you waste your time learning something, Brother Al, that you didn't end up using? I'm not talking about the college. I'm talking about something else. Um, let me see here. Uh, waste my time on uh, – I can't think offhand. Um, hmm, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't think well, offhand right now. Thinking about when Tamika and Patrick K.L. was called, you know what? I'm coming no. over there. I'm, it's going to be a hostile situation. <laughs> I, when you actually, I told you, I told you it was some of the classes that I took that I was like, oh, oh. okay. That, you That's know, some of the classes I took. All your life that you wasted. Oh, my goodness. Brother, hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. Yeah, take, hang it up easy, the phone. take it easy how you talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> take it easy how you talk to me, okay? <laughs> take it easy how you talk to me. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, brother Al. Thank you. Well, Dr. Al, you've been thinking, oh, my goodness, you spent how many years learning what, and you found out that it was just a big waste of time. Uh, there was just, I remember there just being a few different things that, like, I would see someone else doing whether it was, oh, learn how to be um, an influencer, learn how to be a this, learn how to be a that. And, you know, I would start researching it, 
and I would spend a lot of time researching it. I would spend a lot of time looking up videos and listening to how other people got started and stuff, and that had nothing to do with what God needed me to do at that time. So it was a lot of time wow. wasted. Then at one point, I spent money on um, Masterclass. That was That's an app that started once the pandemic started. And it's really good because you have a bunch of um, celebrities and a bunch of high people in each field, in each industry, that now take the time to, like, walk you through how-tos. And they're really, really, really good. And even though it made sense, that's not what God had for me to focus on. So I wasted money and time. And a lot of times it's hard for you to get through your head that it was a waste of time with certain things and you feel like it was so beneficial. But... It was just a, a complete waste. But other than, like, that, I don't know because that was one of the reasons why I had to do extra time in high school because I, I was always big on what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? Somebody's going to have to make this point real quick to me because if I don't see the benefit in it right now, I'm not doing it. I ain't see the benefit in gym because I ain't trying to be nobody builder. I ain't see the benefit in... <laughs> And in in sign, I always knew what I wanted to do. I was one of the kids that, from very young, I wanted to either be a singer or a journalist. So even when I got to college, you didn't have to stick me in a liberal arts because I knew what I wanted to do. So is that enough? I have to go through this stuff in high school. Now you got me paying for high school all over again in college. No, so just just that three times. And I was I was horrible with that. If I don't see the point, I'm not doing it. I, I really don't know how, because I've, I've heard something very similar to what Brother Al said. If someone told me they were in nursing school and they were a nurse for years and they hated it. And, it, and I'm like, so you wasted years doing something that you hate, man? No way. Oh, my goodness. As always, my daytime crew. You come through big time for us. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. You as well. You you do the same. Thank you. Have a Thank you. One. Thank you. All right, Shantice. Uh, you got to pray for them. What you got for us today? Okay, so this week for Pray For Them, we are praying for Wayne Brady. A lot of people know Wayne Brady. He's a TV personality, he's an actor, he's a comedian. He hosts um, the game show Let's Make a Deal. But in a recent interview with People Magazine, he opened up about being a pansexual. His statement was, quote, I am pansexual, bisexual with an open mind. Pan means being able to be attracted to anyone who identifies as gay, straight, bi, transsexual or non-binary, being able to be attracted across the board. I don't think I'm gay, but what if I feel something for another man? That's still gay. I was already bullied about a bunch of other things. I didn't want to add a top, I'm sorry, I didn't want to add a top hat on top of that suit, end quote. And this is what the 51-year-old celebrity said in one of his recent interviews. And he posted an Instagram video advocating for mental health because, as he said in his statement, growing up he was bullied for so many other things. So 
he really did not feel too comfortable and compelled to now come out and share these feelings because it was just like, how am I going to say this on top of everything else that I've been bullied with? Um, he does have a family. He has children. He's no longer married to the wife anymore. Um, so his ex-family and himself is forming a reality show to expose their blended family and their blended family being with his children, the ex-wife, the ex-wife, I think now new fiance or husband and now their baby. And they consider him like a stepdad to that child. But I definitely wanted to lift him up in prayer because again, as we're seeing this here, whether some people do it as a, to just be part of the trend or whether they're doing it because they genuinely have these feelings, you know, this is coming out so much more now. And because you have a lot more celebrities coming out and stating that this is how they feel and it's, you know, helping to encourage others to now come out and say this. Um, so praying for him and his mindset, you know, because whatever he's been dealing with as far as bullying from a young kid, he's obviously obviously still holding on to those feelings now as an adult. Praying for his children, and because even though they're pretty much grown, um, and the daughter, she was asked, like, well, what do you think about your father doing this? And she was just pretty much like, that's his business. He can do what he wants. You know, but we don't really know if that's how she truly feels or if she's just saying that to stay face for him in the public eye. So praying for his children that they are able to deal with this the way they really need to deal with this, that they're able to really talk to him and there's able to be some peace within the family. Um, praying for this newborn that's about to enter into this family and, you know, we don't know what kind of effect good or bad this is going to have on on that child and of course pray, praying for Wayne Brady's peers and you know everything because a lot of the times you know not just with this particular topic but a lot of times you know when there's so many people saying that this is what I'm doing or this is how I'm feeling even if you're not really feeling it so much it's just so much easier to jump on a bandwagon and I'll say this is what I'm doing and this is how I'm feeling so just lifting him up in prayer and praying that God deals with him and his family, not just with him saying, this is what I am, but even the other things that are really, really deeply rooted. And again, he's been in the public eye for years, you know, for years. So just praying that he's not saying anything God doesn't want him to say. He's not doing anything God doesn't want him to do. And if this is a point in his life where he needs to be quiet and still and maybe just be out of the public eye while God deals with him, just praying that he finds contentment in that and that he does that. All right. Okay, this is a good one. This is a good one, and I'll elaborate um, once we finish the prayer. Uh, let's hold hands and hold hearts on behalf of Wayne Brady. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you. Thank you for another opportunity to be able to just approach your mercy seat, God. Thank you for being in our right frame of mind where we know you're here. We know you're listening. We know that you have the answer to everything in all situations, God. There's nothing new under the sun that we would experience that you have not already dealt with, that you are not familiar with, that you don't already know that we're going to go through. 
the Lord, right now we're lifting up Wayne Brady before you, dear Heavenly Father, and as he has expressed um, issue with his past being bullied. Lord, we know that that in and of itself, unresolved, can catapult us into many different um, insecurity um, areas where we're unsure of who we are or what we should be doing or how we should respond, God. And we're going to pray that you settle his mind. We're going to pray that you settle his heart. We're going to pray, God, that we, that you settle his spirit, dear Heavenly Father, as he has expressed um, the mixed feelings where he wants to feel free to be attracted to whomever it is that he, you know, wants to be attracted to without, you know, being uh, assessed or judged, as they say. Lord, we're, we're asking you to take control of this situation. That he would only want to please you, his creator. That sometimes mm-hmm. we, we turn our lives over to you. We have to understand that we need to leave what we feel. We need to leave what we think. And we have to turn it all over to you, God. Because the word says your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, God. And as you, the one who has crafted and shaped us even before we were in our mother's womb, you know who you've created each and every one of us to be, God. And we've heard so many years, people after the age of 30 and 40, they're still trying to, quote, unquote, find themselves. God, for many different reasons, that the world is still turning so quickly, so rapidly, in so many different directions, God, we can't even put our finger on what it is that would make us happy, on what it is, God, that would settle, on what it is, God, that would please us. Sometimes we're still trying to please other people. Sometimes mm-hmm. once we have children, we're still trying to be who we think that they want us to be or who we think they, we should be for them. He's in the entertainment industry, God, where they're still trying to fit in and they're still trying to uh, connect with a certain group of people and uh, uh, people of the elite status and people who've, you know, who've got money and people who've got clout. Lord, we know it can be a very confusing thing called life, just simplistic living can be very, very confusing if we do not ground ourselves in you, if we do not submit and surrender our lives to you, God, so that you can let us know what it is that you ultimately have for us. And, Lord, as we've just gotten finished talking about how we spend time crafting shaping and molding our life only to find out later that we're very unhappy and we're not doing this thing for the right reason 
we're making other people happy because we're trying to be the lawyers and the doctors that they want us to be, God. And here it is now, we're before you on behalf of all of our lives. That only you know what truly we're supposed to be doing. So, Lord, we ask you, not just for Wayne Brady, God, but for for his children, for anyone he's connected to, that Mm -hmm. you take control of this situation, that he could be such an influencer in the right areas, in the wrong areas. But, Lord, we know that you want us to be an influencer for you. That when we are on the right, have the biggest influence for the right reason. So, Lord, we just hold him up to you, God, and whatever he might still be feeling, you know, because we don't know when that bullying started and we don't know when it stopped and if it has. So, Lord, we ask you to just, just, just rub his heart, rub his mind, give him peace that he would position himself to be in a peaceful state of mind that only you hold. Your word says that your son came for us. He sacrificed his life for us. That he came to give us not just life, but life more abundantly. That only the peace Mm -hmm. that he can give, only the peace that comes from him, and comes from you is what's going to settle us in life because this world cannot give us peace that we need. So we ask you, God, to just settle this matter, matter in his life and just put him on the right track so that you get the glory at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And we glorify you to, because you've given us direction and we pray that as you've given us direction that we stay on track. We don't go our own way. We don't lose sight. And we give you the glory and the honor so rightly you deserve. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, (laughs) we are, there's a lot to be said. You know, like I said again, you know, you had already had him picked out. And here we are talking about how people have felt that, you know, they have wasted so much time. Thank you so much, Tati, for your place for them today. And we pray you have a blessed day. Ah, You know, so often we choose to do things for the wrong reason. And sometimes we choose to do the right thing in our mind for the wrong reason. Sometimes we choose to do the wrong thing for the right reason. And this is why it is so important that we connect with God. This is why we need to really connect with God because if you think about it, there has to be an answer. There's no way in the world we were created to walk around in confusion. And chaos. There's no way in the world, even without God, even if, you know, as God being ahead of my life, 
there's, there's, there's something in my head that says there's got to be a right and a wrong way. And I, I hear people say all the time, you know, they kind of throw a question to the wind and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Um, you know, well, I'm just trying to get this right. And, you know, if I get it right, I get it right. If I get it wrong, I get it wrong. I, that just was never something for me. It was just never something for me. I, I can't speak for anyone else, but I got to say, even growing up, you know, and I, I just never felt like I was just supposed to be all over the place. Got to be an answer. Got to be a right way. And you know, people say, "Well, you know, nobody's gonna be happy." I beg to differ. I beg to differ. I beg to differ that. There is a God that created each and every one of us. And you have to believe that we're created because, you know, and shaped and molded and formed purposely. On purpose and for a purpose, with a purpose. I refuse to believe that there, uh, that there is a God who would just throw the chips up in the air and there was no real plan, you know. If you, if, you, if so, now we're going to talk about if you go Bible. If you go Bible, there were six days where God talked and He created something in six days. Something else was 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 put together and and created each day for six days straight. And we were the last thing that was created. And I just refuse to believe that God would just have things just happen. That there's not an ultimate goal in everybody's life. And you've got to connect with the source. It's almost like looking at a lamp. You you buy this lamp, you bring it home and you just put it in the corner, and you do nothing with it. So, you know, it's just there. So whether we change the furniture all around it, and, you know, we buy a brand-new couch, and we buy a lounge and a TV and, you know, all kinds of furniture, end tables and coffee tables and whatever the decor is for the house, we just don't move that lamp. We just leave that lamp sitting right there. Well, unless you connect the lamp to the wall or to some source of power, the lamp is is useless. It's just there. And that's us. If we do not connect to the source that's going to give us light, because unless you plug that lamp up, there's no light in the lamp, then it, we're useless. We're useless to one another. We're useless to ourselves. And we're useless to God. And I'm saying to myself, there's nowhere in the world God has billions of people here for us to be useless to one another. That makes no sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. So with that theory, then there's got to be an answer. There's got to be a right and a wrong way. You know, years ago, decades ago, they 
make something called polarized plugs. And a polarized plug is where on that plug, there's one that's a piece that one side that's wide and there's a side that's small. Now, there's a reason why they need the polarized plug opposed to just both having the same exact, you know, size. Whatever the reason is. Could be one reason, could be five but they made something different. And it's a safety measure. Well, if you try to put the polarized plug into, you know, the wrong side, the polarized side that's wider into the smaller side, it won't go in. So therefore, it's going to be useless. you got to put it in the right way in order for you to get the power that's life, us and God. We can walk around trying to insert ourselves into this world the wrong way. Or we can insert ourselves into life the right way, which is God's way, so that he can show us our purpose here. And we don't waste time, years, in a job or in a situation or in a relationship that is not for us. Every single one of us, even if it was 15 minutes, wasted our time. And I guess that's a matter of opinion. But some people say, you never waste your time. I beg to differ. Because biblically... It doesn't say that. There's a time and a place for everything. So when, you know, yes, we do learn lessons. Thank God. You know, experience is the best teacher. And a lot of times by us making mistakes, we have learned to do things the right way. But there are times, and I don't care how few or how short amount of, of time you spend, there, is, there, there are times where you wasted your time. And we could have made better use of the time. Biblically. Again, this is Pastor Steph talking, and I'm talking biblically. So I'm, I just don't choose to live my life like that. I've gotten to the point in my life, in my 56 years, going on 57, God spares my life, where I consult God about everything I do because I need to make sure I'm doing it the right way. I advise you to try it so you don't feel you waste your time. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now, because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Freestyle Friday. Until then. 
I love you.